Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Square Circle Podcast. And if you love listening to this podcast and want to consider making your own podcast, just download the Anchor app. Anchor allows you to make any type of podcast you want all in one place, all for your convenience. You might think that this has some strings attached. It does not. So let me explain what Anchor can do for you. It is currently free. Well, it's probably always going to be free. There's creation tools within Anchor that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. How easy is that? And then Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard on Spotify Apple, and all major podcast programs. And you could also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It has everything you need in one place. Now all I need you guys to do is to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you guys. I am Marie Shadows, your host, and you are listening to the Square Circle Podcast, the best podcast you ever heard. So, um, everyone, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. This is a first for DLive. I am your host, Marie Shadows. I am joined on the podcast by uh, two other DLivers, which is um, Epic and also Geo. Hello. Stop, stop. Uh, so I don't know. Well, I mean, just so you know, uh, the Square Circle podcast started back in uh, October. Why the hell am I sounding like that now? I know. Fuck. This is gonna be like the greatest number five episode ever in this in the history of the Square Circle podcast. I fucking swear, man. You probably have you a stream did. open with volume up. I I muted the stream so I could see myself. Unless oh no, okay, so that's um, YouTube is not working. So out of here, YouTube. Um, okay, it it went away. It went away. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Shadow Singer, for another three lemons. Um, I'm never gonna get through this freaking intro. Um, you will. <laughs> this is gonna be the best episode of the year closing out the year it will be um anyway uh so the square circle podcast started back in october after us watching um hell in a cell and i got extremely upset at the ending so i was like let's just start this podcast and i know a bunch of people that are passionate about wrestling just as passionate as i am and we are just here to share our opinions and hopefully not argue over trivial things like how wrestling twitter does and we'll definitely be uh, referencing a lot of that. Um, for today, it was supposed to be a triple threat, uh, meaning that it was supposed to be YouTube, DLive, and LinkedIn on Restream, but YouTube is messing up, and DLive is the only one that's uh, working. And it's happening again. I have no idea why. Let me just add, let me just put that down. Um... So we're here on DLive, and I'm glad that you guys are here to join us to talk about wrestling. Um, if you don't know, the Square Circle podcast is on anchor.fm. If you guys uh, have an account there, make sure to follow us. We're also on Spotify, on Apple, on Google, 
and all major uh, podcast outlets. Um, it'll be great if you follow us there and also follow us on YouTube. Uh, oh, well, Shadow Singer, you get to learn about wrestling. Um, all right, so let's just start into our topics. Um, we will be opening up with uh, NXT because AEW is going to take a while, and I think this is just in like an AEW uh, pay-per-view over thing. So, Epic, you saw NXT. Uh, why don't you start us off? Team of the world. Carl uh, Anderson, Luke Gallows. Uh, so it just showed them laying out the Undisputed Era in the back. Yeah, um, um, which, by the way, uh, did you see how Gallows threw uh, uh, it's Bobby Fish, right, into the damn thing and, like, somehow blood came out? Or as people are on the internet I think saying it, it was before it happened. I think it was before it happened. Um, I, I noticed that, too. I saw some something red. It might have been some ketchup because his back catering table or it might have been blood. I don't think it was blood because I didn't see anybody busted wide open. Yeah, it was weird. Which would have been a weird thing. But um, ho- hopefully uh, there, there's no injury report out on it at the time being. But um, yeah, for what it's worth right now, I, I think it was just like maybe like ketchup or something from catering. <laughs> right? Like he just happened to have a packet of ketchup. Um, which is kind of, which is kind of funny. Um, all right, keep going. And then Gio, uh, if you want to add in, if you saw, um, you know, NXT, go ahead. Okay. But when you guys could continue, cause I didn't see NXT. I just know certain oh, bits and pieces. Oh, you didn't see the, uh, the entire show. Did I you? mean, not really. I mean, I saw whatever Twitter would give me. Cause that's, that's where I get my stuff from. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so basically, that that's how it opened up the segment, and then um, they went into, I believe, the first match, which was, uh, how come I can't remember this off the top of my head? I think it was. I think it was a. Was it a women's uh, match or no? I think they uh no OC opened up the segment. Yeah, uh, they, they came in marching through the arena. Then yeah. uh they got confronted by uh Champa, Riddle, and Keith Lee. Uh-huh. And saying, like, you know, well, like, you know, th- this is the main roster, sort of sorts like that. Like, you know, um Tommaso Ciampa was just like basically like, you know, we-, we left the door wide open for you guys, like, you know, for you guys to come in here and uh like you know, if you guys want to fight. We'll give it to you. So that would be the main event set up for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the first Um, I did want to ask you before yeah. we move on to matches is uh, how did you feel about the promo that uh, AJ Styles and uh, Ciampa had uh, exchanged with each other? Like, I, I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, it was pretty solid for what it was. Like, you know, Ch- Ciampa was pretty much saying, like, you know, NXT's superior brand. It is a main roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like AJ, like you know, coming around saying, "Well, this is NXT." Like, um, he, I don't think he like you know went in there and completely buried them or anything like that. He was just like you know, he went in there, said his piece, sort of thing. He didn't bury anyone, didn't bury the brand, which is pretty good because like the last thing they need to do is like uh, did the same mistake, um, like the rock did or something like that or like you know when wcw and ecw had their invasion angle and yeah. there's just like oh, completely bury the talent and 
the brand and it's just like well who are you again like you know yeah like, what do you what is it you do and it's just like okay well like you know farewell credibility pretty much um all right so we could talk about matches then um so i do remember the first match it is damian priest versus pete dunn yeah so, uh, basically touching up on their rivalry that they've been having for the past few weeks which is pretty good like uh you know call him punishment martinez if you want mm-hmm. well that'll work out as well like solid worker great athlete um i didn't get to see too much of him in uh, ring of honor when i had the chance which was kind of a I guess I was like sad for me anyway because like dude could really go if, yeah, he if he's can. like you know given the right set mm-hmm. of tools given the right opponent stuff like that he can really go. Uh, Pete Dunn is definitely that one great opponent for him right now in NXT. Mm-hmm. So you know again like you know for Damian Priest they're not burying him they're not completely burying Pete Dunn either even though they're helping uh, put Priest over. Yeah, like with these strong style type opponents which is really really good. It is um and uh, Damian. Priest or uh, Punisher Martinez, which I I enjoy Punisher Martinez more than anything um, as a name. Uh, but uh, when I used to have the Ring of Honor description, um, yeah, he was pretty great. You know, for his size and how athletic he is, and the things that he's willing to do, he could be like a modern day Undertaker if Undertaker ever wanted to like really like sort of leave it to somebody. It'll be him. Uh, I think it'd be great for yeah. that too. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Hmm. I'm just trying to see how I can pop out the damn D-Live chat. Because um, I feel like I think they might have tried that with uh with Wyatt to make him some sort of modern-day Undertaker, but yeah, it has just, not worked over very well at all. Yeah, just hasn't. Um, Which is kind of sad, you know? I mean, it could have been like Undertaker-esque where he's an entity and that's all he is, is an entity. And you don't destroy the entity. You know, sort of, in a way. Um, like Sister Abigail, what happened? Fiends kind of reminded me of Kane because of like the red light that they're giving. Oh, I that... hate that they give the the red light during the matches. I, I not a fan of it. My yeah, opinion. that thing has to like go. It really does have to go. Um, I want to be able to watch a match in its entirety. Um, you know, and it'll be okay. Not have a red light in it well you know maybe it'll fade out and, and be yeah, we'll see how it works out yeah. i mean it's also up to the live audience as well that's also there i mean like home viewership is one thing but then like the, if the people live in the audience is just like if i were live because it'd be a lot darker to mm-hmm. view it um over there which was like you know i i, th- I think it'd be all over the place i think it'd be pretty bad my yeah, pretty much. Um, all right. So after that match, right, what so happened? Done. So Dunn and uh, Priest finished up. Dunn got the win by submission. Then Killian Dane comes out and attacks Dunn. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Basically, both of them, uh, pretty much just like you know, took out Dunn. But it's like Killian Dane trying to establish his uh his rivalry, his dominance with uh Pete Dunn right now on the main roster on uh, NXT. Then uh, next matchup after that would be uh, Tainara Conchi and uh, Santana Garrett, who finally made her uh, debut on the NXT roster. I felt that they wasted Garrett here. Yeah. uh, Which is a shame because 
Garrett's uh, such a prospect and a pretty good wrestler. And to give her like a, her debut match on like on NXT with Tanara Conte, which I don't know how much she's improved. I don't think she has by mm-hmm. much. Um, I there's a lot of confusion for me with this. Trying to comprehend why they would give Tanara the win over Garrett. And I believe it was um, what is it? Like a buy-in for uh, one of the matches. I think it was either War Games or uh. Sorry, I was here something like that. I forgot. Uh huh. But yeah, pretty pretty big waste for Garrett there. Like I, I I didn't agree with that at all. Um, next women's match after that would be uh, Shayna Baszler versus Dakota Kai. Mm-hmm. And I believe, let's see, I believe Baszler won after uh, countering uh, Dakota Kai towards the end, which is amazing. Uh, the the more and more I'm starting to watch Shayna Baszler matches, the more and more I respect that match I've given her now compared to how I viewed her in the beginning. Yeah. Like in the beginning, I I wanted her just to lose this trap. I'm just like, please don't don't get it anymore. Don't don't put her in the main event spot. Like I just content just seeing her just like whatever, be some sort of badass, whatever. She didn't need the strap to do it. Um, but. Like the way she's being pushed and tested in these matches against all the talent that's been thrown in front of her, um, I'm a little amazed um, that she's able to put on pretty good matches with a lot of the talents on NXT so far. Yeah. Um, which uh, I believe this match was. Yeah, after the submission tap out, uh, Marina and Jessamine came in to beat out Kai and then the pretty much uh the women's locker room ish that's in war games came out. Oh okay of course beating up on each other. Yeah. And Mia Yim was the uh the pleasant surprise that came out and started uh Kendo sticking the the heels. Yeah. And then uh it was later announced by Ripley that uh she was giving her fourth member spot um to Yim because uh, apparently uh the Shayna Baszler versus uh, Dakota Kai would be a buy-in spot as well. If Dakota Kai won, she would win her spot on the War Games team, which I don't understand because, like, okay, when William came out last week and decided, if you women want to fight War Games, this is like, okay, cool. Um, Pretty much all the women out there we're just like all beating up on each other and okay like okay we have our established teams here like okay this is it now it's like okay hold up a minute like this is not the team like is what what are the teams so apparently the teams going into it uh before decided to have these buy-ins were uh rhea ripley tika knox uh candice LeRae. yeah i believe those three so far. And then fourth member right now, Mia Yim has just been elected to go in. And I think do they have four or five per team? I think four. Four or five. Don't don't remember, but um so now they, they have a viable fourth. And I believe maybe with um with the heel squad, I think Tanner Conchi uh winning over Garrett somehow bought her a spot into the match for some god awful reason. Please help me, God. Uh, I'm not saying that, like, you know, this is, like, 
but Tenera Conti, like, I don't know. I, I would have chose somebody else over Tenera Conti at this yeah. point. I'm pretty sure she'll improve over time or stuff like that. Like, she's probably worked out at the Performance Center, paid her dues, whatever. But at the same time, it's just like, at, at this point in time, with the with the type of roster, with the type of talent going into a match like this, mm-hmm. um, I would unless she's going to be fodder in five seconds that that's the only way i would really pretty much accept that and book it yeah um even my face uh, i know when people are going to be watching this or probably um hearing it but i was even confused too the way that you had explained uh the reasoning for uh rhea ripley to not be in the war games uh match um so she gave her spot away to mia yim Right. No, she didn't give it uh, away. Like oh. Rhea Ripley is the captain of the women's uh, oh, war okay. games match. So because of this, like the, because of this whole confusion now, because the way Survivor Series works, uh huh. Because like Survivor Series is the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um. So with this now in effect, Shayna Baszler can't represent her team unless she's going to do double duty. Oh. On, uh, okay. On got war it. Got games, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So now we we have the, like this this whole cluster. Of like you know women now vying for spots on the women's war games because Shayna Baszler has a match on Survivor Series in a triple threat with the other two uh, Raw and SmackDown champions, and it's like that with the main roster right now. So like they've already decided the women are not gonna have a triple threat. The two, uh, the three tag teams, so Undisputed Era, Revival, and uh, who are the Raw champs again? War Raiders. Um, oh, I forgot about yeah, them. Yeah, th- those guys are gonna go. Um, uh, triple threat style tag team match as well. I'm pretty sure they are probably going to maybe decide to do it with the mid-card championship, so the Intercontinental Champion, US, and uh, the North American Champion, or Cruiserweight maybe, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, which, that would be a phenomenal match because you got Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, and Roderick Strong, should he choose to hold his title uh, through that point. And if it serves me correctly, there is a triple threat, maybe? I don't know if it's decided yet. Let me double check. Because if they're doing it like that, and if they're going to put the world champions into one match, I think it's just going to be a slaughter. Because it would be Brock Lesnar, The Fiend, and Adam Cole. Yeah, baby. But for what it is in Survivor Series right now, it is Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio yeah. for, the, uh, for the championship. Which is interesting. Do you guys have like any theories as to why all of a sudden this is happening? Do we need another? Un- I, I believe mean- Mysterio was supposed to be the original opponent going into Crown Jewel. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So it was supposed to be Mysterio going to Crown Jewel until he got that injury, which is a legitimate injury. And then um, I think Cain Velasquez was supposed to be the guy brought in much later into the feud mm-hmm. to really give it that same type of feel where it's just like, you know, the the Avenger for Rey Mysterio sort of thing. Yeah. Now they're playing it completely backwards. And obvi- I think it's obvious at this point that they're putting Lesnar over Mysterio, obviously, but we don't know to what kind of dominance at that one point. We don't. It's going to be another um, underdog story for uh, Rey Mysterio and, you know, probably maybe defeating Brock because when he won the belt the first time, huh? Will he be like the giant killer? 
Yeah, I I mean we could get from that. Uh, who did he take the belt from uh, when it was originally supposed to be given to Eddie, but Eddie had passed away that week? Did uh, he beat did... Randy Orton? What happened? He beat, uh, he beat Randy Orton. Oh. And Kurt Angle at WrestleMania in a truck. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking that he beat like Big Show or somebody that was bigger than him when they did that whole you know, he's the underdog type storyline and stuff like that. Um, oh, that's after he won it. Okay, okay, that was after. I thought that was like before when he won it. Uh, but yeah, that really was at WrestleMania that time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, keep on going with NXT then. Alright, NXT, so after that women's match and uh, the whole uh, thing with Baszler, uh, I think they're doing three teams for uh, women's war games. So there's Team Baszler. Uh, so yeah, the way I'm reading it right now, it is Team Baszler, mm-hmm. Team Rhea Ripley, and uh, Team Shirai, maybe? I don't know. Oh, wow. That's that's a lot of teams. I, I think, I think. Um, I could be wrong again, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way I'm reading it at this point, because like, I don't know because like if it is Team Baszler, it'd be Baszler, Shafir, and Jessamine, mm-hmm. plus another person. I don't know, but it, it, that's still up in the air at this point. Um, <clears throat> next match, anyway. Yeah, was the number one contenders' uh, match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So it was. Uh, it sees uh, Tony Nese versus Angel Garza. Really good match, I feel. Um, I felt like both guys put each other over quite well. Played it very safe as well. Not too much crazy spots or anything like that. Um, Garza went over Nice. Mm. Um, I for some odd reason I like watching Garza go for some god awful reason. I don't know. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine right now. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's because he's like you know a Mexican ta- uh, Tai Chi for for some odd reason. Just like with with the whole pants. Oh, thing I anyway. see him. I see him. Yeah. So basically, he comes in with pants and then he rips them off mid match, something like that. So. Um, the pants, how that came into play in that match was basically, I believe, Nice was going for a top rope uh, powerbomb. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to get him off, but ripped the pants off while trying to go into it. And apparently, uh, I think Maro said, like, this is the first time I've ever seen a pair of pants getting powerbombed in a match. Of course, because who doesn't so... love Maru? <laughs> who doesn't love that guy? <laughs> so, yeah, he, he actually uh, made that uh, statement on air, on air about a pair of pants being powerbombed in a match. Man, that guy. I mean, I've never seen the pants get powerbombed until that night. Yeah, I yep. think that would have been like a first for all of us, no matter what. Um, cool. Uh, what's after? What was after that? Uh, after the match, uh, Leo Rush came out to congratulate Garza, but Garza squared him right in the face with a slap. Like, this pretty hard slap. Um, Leo Rush played it off, smiled it off. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, um, what was after that was uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus uh, Dominic Djokovic. Uh, uh, yeah, that which dude. Which was a pretty good match. I liked it. Is Isaac new? Isaiah? Isaiah. Uh, so, Isaiah is kind of new. He was in the, I guess, the uh, the breakout tournament for, like, when they announced a whole handful of new signees. So, like, oh, okay, eight- okay. Um, Isaiah Scott, if you guys are not familiar with him, uh, he played Kill Shot in Lucha Underground, so he was in a mask oh, okay. then. 
Which, uh, by the way, uh, um, I do not know if we're ever going to be talking about Lucha Underground on the podcast. But if you guys want to, you guys can. I personally had never gotten behind Lucha Underground. Like, I tried it. I tried watching a couple episodes. I just I, couldn't get behind it. I, we could probably leave that for another day. Well, yeah, of course. I didn't want to do it now. I'm just saying that um, if you guys have wanted to talk about it, you guys can. I just won't contribute to it because I couldn't get behind it and whatnot. So, yeah. Let's just say it started off with a, with a lot of promise, a lot a lot more sport than it was like TV drama. Then later on, it got way too much TV drama ish for its own good. Uh, I feel like that sort of aspect of the brand uh, killed it, mm-hmm. and a lot of talent Sorry. wasn't really being utilized. Like there was a lot of there was a lot of talent that was being signed to the brand that really didn't get utilized properly. Okay. But it did see a lot of promise for a lot of the people who did get exposure on there. So uh-huh. obviously, uh, John Morrison, yeah, um, Ricochet was on there. He was their first champion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you have to yeah keep a kayfabe. <laughs> yeah, keep it keep it uh, kayfabe. Mil Muerta, so who I think is like an amazing one. Um, Katarina, I believe, like even Evilise, uh, Angelico, and. Uh, kind of havoc yeah all those were amazing on there so uh the one thing i will probably go on record to say was the over usage of the slide uh, the thigh slap sound oh, of course which was not done by the wrestlers by the way it was it was taped really so it was recorded it was a recorded sound and it played virtually on almost like hard hit so like whether it be like a forearm shot it was a thigh slap whether it was a super kick thigh slap whether it was like you know a hard clothesline thigh slap like there was just a, like unnecessary like thigh slap sound for like a lot of this stuff just to try to give it some sort of impact mm-hmm. like for the viewers so there was it was way too gratuitous and i, I hated it it was like they, they just abused that that soundtrack way too much so I'm gonna cut in for every for anyone listening on D Live. Um, if you're not familiar with like professional wrestling terms and what the wrestlers actually do in the ring to make the sound, um, this is a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, if you're gonna go for a kick, you will usually slap your your thigh. It will sound like this. It'll be like that to create the effect of the person actually getting hit. Um, you know, sometimes we don't really want to expose too much from the business because I still love keeping the business the same way that it should be kept. Uh, you know, keeping K-fabe. the kayfabe. Yep. Keep, <laughs> yep. Keeping the kayfabe. Um, you got to, you got to protect yeah, the business. You got to protect the business sometimes. Um, and you guys might think it's foolish for us to do that, but this is how passionate we are and this is what we love. Oh my God, dude on the web. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for donating the five lemons. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what wrestlers do. Um, and I can't believe that, you know, Lucha Underground abused the hell out of that sound. Um, oh, yeah. Like, right out of abuse. <laughs> anyway. No, until now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know because I, I didn't watch Lucha Underground. I couldn't get, you know, um, behind it like I was saying earlier. Uh, but all right. So after. All right. So no, okay, more, so, no more Lucha uh, Underground. So after. Yeah. Anyways, back on back on the topic. Yeah. went over on mm-hmm. uh, Isaiah Scott. Um, again, pretty good match. Both both guys put each other over quite well, and they are pushing uh, Dajakovic into being one of the the new big things on the roster because of his size. Obviously, he's tiny. Um, Dajakovic? 
Well, he looks. I tiny. mean, compared compared to the other guys on the roster, because like what the the other guys they signed on the roster are like virtually like cruiser. But like Dijakovic, though, the, like the way he looks, like he looks like a big guy. Like he looks like you know he can go. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, which is why they had him going to matches with uh, Keith Lee and stuff like that, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um. um which I just want to be that person just to like throw some laughs out there. They're only pushing him because he, because um, he tried to go after Kenny on Twitter. I want to be that person. <laughs> you, you, you think they're pushing him because he went after Kenny on Twitter? Uh, this is a secret. Probably no, but I just want to get the laughs out there. Okay. Damn okay. it, dude. <laughs> it wasn't that serious. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It was just stupid that he he went after him trying to be all big and bad, but I just wanted to make a joke out of it. I'll be that person. Watch, well, watch me end up getting heat after this. Um, they're not gonna like us after this episode. Hey, I don't, I don't care. I'm gonna act like the elite and just make fun of shit. All right. Um, so after the match, you got the main event: OC versus Champa, Keith Lee Riddle. Um, match ended in a no contest after uh. There was a ref bump by the end of the match where Keekley did the pounce on, uh, I believe it was Carl Anderson uh-huh. or or AJ. I think it was on AJ. Mm-hmm. So like AJ was going on in uh, for a thing, missed a spot. Keekley came in, did the pounce, hit AJ, and AJ bumped the ref. Oh, uh, which which led to the the high spots afterwards. So saw Riddle ch- attempting it. Um, I think he went for like a. A dive, and he got himself caught on the ropes. Uh, uh-huh. Thankfully, he didn't mess it up too much, but he was caught, so it broke his fall. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't try that again, unless he's uh, very confident in hitting it, because that was just unnecessarily scary. Yeah. Um, Balor came out. Yeah, I saw that picture. They 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 took so... this awesome picture of uh, Balor and AJ staring each other each other down. So they were staring each other down. Basically, Styles acknowledged him, raised his hands up in the two suites. Yep. Mm-hmm. Balor gave him the guns. Yeah. Yep. And then he's like, "All right." Then he went to go hit the Styles Clash. Called it out. Uh, called out the spot. Oh, of course. He, uh, did. he was just like, he was like, <laughs> Styles Clash, and he was about to hit it on, and then out came uh, Adam Cole. Oh. Super kicked AJ. <laughs> super kicked AJ out of the uh-huh. ring, and then. Um, started putting a beat down on Champa, and then uh, Cole had to stare down with Balor afterwards, and then Balor just smiled and just kind of walked off. And that was basically how NXT closed out. Um, I'm gonna make a promise to myself to actually watch uh, that one in particular, so that way I could feel the emotion. Because uh, even you talking about it, I was getting a little hyped up. Because um, for anyone that followed AJ Styles, he has a very high caliber profile of being a wrestler in this awesome industry and he was part of the bullet club and um now he's in wwe you also had adam cole which was part of the bullet club for a little bit um a little bit yeah he was temporary and then he became a ghost uh one day we'll talk about that on the podcast um and then you have finn balor who was you know part of the member anyway from the bullet club um but because the, found, the founding the founding father yes. he was the founding father along with uh anderson and gallows it was the three of them and then all of a sudden they're all here in wwe 
the only reason why uh, Gallows, Anderson, and AJ have the OC is because Vince McMahon couldn't secure the rights to get the Bullet Club from New Japan because New Japan already filed for everything and bought the name. Now, my question to you guys is that uh, this is probably like a long time in the making. Do you think that WWE could do this sort of justice? Or should like Triple H just do it and not have Vince ruin it to make it great? To have this whole feuding going on? I don't see Vince really understanding the potential of this group. If you told Vince McMahon about this idea, he wouldn't get it. I think Triple H would get the idea a little bit more. I honestly thought towards the ending of the main event of NXT, I'm going to refer to him as Prince Balor. Prince Balor was probably going to join his old group. I mean, he is the original member. Yeah. So, or is he going to join Undisputed Era? Or is he going to have his own faction? That would be interesting. Hmm. But I think Vent went and get it. Oh, Prince Balor. What? I, I think Prince Balor, Ben oh, okay, okay. Balor. Okay, okay. Yes. That's call fine. him Prince. Yes. I see him probably having like his own uh, group, maybe. Uh-huh. And he probably might feud with uh, Undisputed Era or those he's unpredictable right now since he showed yeah, his yeah. truth uh-huh and he did it perfectly so too man oh yeah my mouth dropped when i saw that yep um i was not expecting it uh you know i didn't know how dangerous a simple pele kick is until he decided to turn heel um i always popped whenever the pele kick happened because it's out of nowhere but once uh, Prince Balor does it to turn heel, I was just like, wow. Now now we're getting somewhere. Now I could be invested again in, in you know, Prince Balor, and I could be invested again in NXT and WWE because right now they're on the right track. And this is what they need. They, I honestly think that um, WWE should focus within themselves rather than trying to see if they could try to one-up AEW um, just because I don't think that they – I don't think they need to. I just think they need to focus on every guy that they signed and woman, every every woman they signed, and do invasions like that. Because um, now that we wrapped up the main event, um, I got the chance to see the interview that Becky Lynch was doing, and then Shayna comes in and they have their little you know monologue time about uh, Survivor Series, um, and I thought that promo was sort of okay but I understood where they were going and I'm kind of excited to see how Shayna versus Becky would turn out at, at Survivor Series and Bailey oh yeah and Bailey sorry Bailey <laughs> if you ever watch this like <laughs> man she's gonna Bailey, dark Bailey. Yeah. she's not giving up anymore so... I mean they even said themselves those women said they're not gonna sleep on Bailey yeah I know uh, by the way, by the way, I just want to interject. Thank you, Circus, for donating three lemons. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about Bailey. I hope that you know if Bailey ever hears this or sees this, like she doesn't attack me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, overall, uh, would you guys recommend um, NXT? Yeah. 
I would. I would, yeah. Because I enjoy NXT, and I'm happy that it's on, like, cable network like USA. Because now, you know, yeah, they sign the independents and they go to NXT, but is NXT a developmental thing? Uh-huh. Or is it now a legitimate brand because it's on a big network that most people may have? Uh-huh. And you can see all the different stars. If you didn't know who any of these wrestlers, athletes were before, if you didn't have the network, now you have a chance because you see this invasion happening. So you might like, who's Adam Cole? Oh, I got to check out NXT. Well, who's Shayna Baszler? Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. is she still with so it's good. It's good that they're getting recognized now because a lot of people or some of the talent, when they would get called up to the Raw SmackDown, it would be kind of lost because you'd be like, who's this person? I don't know who he is. But then when you watch NXT and you see the group and the movement, you're like, this is how they are. Why are they not like this? They go up to a uh-huh. Go ahead. I don't know if you were finished. Okay. Um, so I would recommend NXT, especially with the takeovers. My only thing with after takeover is now that we know that it's going to be Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, mm-hmm. are the NXT going to be able to showcase the same kind of um, action that they would on a takeover for us. I see what you mean. That's the only thing that I have. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested. But take over before Survivor Series and then I'll be ready for Survivor Series. But I'm interested. Yeah. And also, what is Prince Balor gonna do? Will Bailey be the um forgotten underdog champion or will she get a surprise win? Who knows? Yeah. So um I'm done. All right. So, uh, is any of the titles on the line in this uh, triple threat match? For the for the none game? of the titles are on the line. No, it's just basically mm. like a supremacy. It's just about who's the better, who's the best brand. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, don't you think it would be kind of better if um the titles were on the line? Nah. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think it's absolutely necessary to sell it unless there's a deeper angle involved. Uh huh. Like, it so, might like be... if they had a deeper angle, I feel like it would make a lot, a lot of sense, but it's absolutely unnecessary with the type of stakes, I guess, that they have. Mm-hmm. It just would be weird. It just would be kind of weird because technically Raw and SmackDown are separate brands. Yeah. You have NXT, the unofficial brand that did not get any drafts, even though Street Profits got drafted. Um, well, they take uh, from... NXT rather than giving to NXT. Yeah, so. they do. Yeah, they do. They take it from. Yeah, it. it, it's it's the it's a loss, but I I I like the street profits. I see potential in them. It's just going to be a little more. I give them a couple of more months. Yeah. Um. Just mm-hmm. so you know. Um. The time that the street profits were not on NXT for like a really 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 long while, 
um, they were fighting um, in Evolve because they were the Evolve Tag Team Champions. And I managed to uh, see them live, and they're uh, pretty good live. They had the crowd um, jumping. They had, like, very good crowd reaction, very good um, spots during the match. They were, like, super fantastic. Um, you know, they'll get there. Uh, people will, like, remember them and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, if that's what you, if you ever remember that time when they weren't there in NXT for a while it's because they were with Evolve. And then also yeah. because WWE is backing Evolve financially, technically they have them in their pockets, like, securely. They could get whatever Evolve person they want to be either uh, debut on NXT or whatever. I just feel like most of the stuff is just plain developmental like i'm just gonna pull from here and here and here you know that type of thing like how they always mm. do um yeah all right any final words for nxt takeover raw smackdown before we move to aew i can't wait to see what uh prince balor has in store next week yeah that's true looking forward for takeover and then Survivor Series, but mostly TakeOver and the rest of the progression of the show. Which, by, the three brands. which by the way, mm-hmm. when is TakeOver? Uh, the Saturday before Survivor Series, usually? Yes, I think TakeOver so, TakeOver is probably Saturday. So, like the day before. So this Saturday, we have AEW Full Gear, and then Survivor Series should be like the 24th? Oh, November, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. okay, that sounds so about then, right. So then, takeover should be the twenty third. All right, so we should um plan to try to do a takeover breakdown and predictions and stuff when that comes around. Sounds good. All right, so we're gonna move on to possibly my favorite brand, which is AEW. Which I'm gonna say it outright that AEW. It's my favorite brand, and I actually wrote down some notes. You guys can see that in the video, um, which I don't normally do. I don't normally write down show notes. Um, so I know Epic got the chance to watch AEW this past week. Uh, Gio, did you get the chance to watch AEW? I did not get the chance to watch AEW, but I was following up. So I know I know about the Cody announcement. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go in order from how I written this down from like the start of AEW Dynamite. Uh, so AEW Dynamite is on TNT. The first, uh, match that opened up was, uh, Pac versus, uh, Trent. And Trent is one half of the best friends tag team with him and, uh, crap. What's his name? (laughs) This is so bad. (laughs) Um, what is it? Trent and, uh. Guys, help me Chuck, out here. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor, I think. Chuck Taylor, okay. Uh, Chuck, yeah, Chuck Taylor. Okay, so yeah, with Chuck Taylor and um, Orange Cassidy. Uh, that match was slow. I think that was poorly put together, meaning Pac has a interesting style. And he works best with, like, Hangman for some reason. Um, he doesn't work really well with Trent with Trent's style. But, you know... Pac is a bastard, so he'll just beat anybody. Um, I did find the exchange between him and Orange Cassidy to be like a fun little spot, but you know, 
Pac doesn't smile, but you know, that's what he does. Um, at least he got the crowd reaction to boo him, you know, very easily. <laughs> that was a cheap boo. Um, that finish. Oh god. Did you see the finish of it, Epic? Uh, I didn't get to see the finisher, no. All right, so, all right. Uh, here's some more pulling behind the curtain, I guess. Uh, so, in professional wrestling, uh, referees know all. Uh, like ninety percent of the time, uh, referees have the hardest job in the industry. They have to remember all the spots. They have to remember uh when to call it home, meaning when to do the three counts so everybody can go home and end the match. Uh, referees have to remember a bunch of other probably technical stuff, including rules, rope breaks, uh, count outs, disqualifications, anything, you name it. So their job is really, really hard. Um, so it looked like at the ending of this match, damn, we dropped down to four viewers. Wow. Is, is my historian like that bad? Okay, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you for stopping by anyway. Um, so like I was saying, uh, it looked like the referee was told in the back that the finish was supposed to be a submission. However, when Pac hits his black arrow, um, he, it looked like he completely knocked out Trent on the ground. Cause like Trent did not move. He did not pick up his arm to kick out. So when the referee was about to count three, he stopped and everyone on commentary was like, oh my God, Trent kicked out at two. And um, it obviously that didn't happen. And they tried to really, really recover it. Even Pac gave the referee a look of like, what the hell? So Pac goes into his uh, submission and that's when the match ends. So that's how that ending got fucked up since you didn't see it. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, everybody was complaining on Twitter about it, but it wasn't the referee's fault. You know, he knew what was supposed to be done. It just happened to be like, if you're doing a freaking rotation in the air and plop down on somebody, all that air is going to come out of you and you're going to just be wiped out. So yeah, that was for that one. Like an impact. Yeah, definitely like an impact. Um, and I hope people don't think that I'm not appreciative of anyone that has came into the stream and looked. It was just a weird freaking number drop. That's all. Um, Gio, do you want to start off with uh, Cody's announcement? Uh, Cody's announcement, that he said, he said that if he does not challenge, well, if he does not beat Chris Jericho for the NWA Championship, he will never challenge for the title again. Pretty big. Pretty big. Yeah, which um kind of reminded me of um he's going straight old school. And I'm talking about like uh back in the eighties, NWA style, um, not too long ago, um Tim Storm from uh, NWA did the same thing with Nick Aldis when he was like, you know, uh, well, Nick Aldis gave him the ultimatum of like, you know, if I beat you, you're never going to challenge for the title again. And I just felt that similarity uh, with it. Um, Cody Rhodes's uh, promo was great. Uh, you know, I'm not 
related to Cody, but like I felt like I was part of his family when he. Uh... Oh yeah! Thank you, Vortex, for donating ice cream. Um, but I felt like I was part of Cody's family when um, you know he was saying his speech, and I felt the passion that he had, and you know the line that stuck out was, um, "This is Ellis Island for wrestlers. Uh, this is freedom." That hit very close to home. Um, you know, because essentially we want to see every wrestler out there succeed and, you know, be a big name and a big star, especially like if you go around supporting your local indies um, and having the chance to see your friends make it in the business and uh, trying to do the best that they can with all the outlets that they have. And then, you know, Cody just saying that just re reaffirms that wrestling is not dead. Wrestling is in a age of um evolution and it's in the age of um i guess amazement at this point epic you want to add anything um the i feel like it's gonna go like it's very unpredictable i would say at this point because like uh the brand is still very fresh and with the direction everything's going right now it's really hard to kind of pick up actually if Jericho would actually be dropping this trap to Cody mm-hmm. or if, uh, you know, Jericho goes over and then Cody doesn't go for the strap and then he's stuck at some sort of rule or they introduce some sort of mid-card division, which would, would just degrade his character at this point. But mm-hmm. um it, it'll be interesting to see how they play this angle out where they're planning on, you know, if they plan on still making Jericho that top guy or if, like, you know, Cody takes the back seat and just, like, you know, just sits back and just runs the show from, you know, from Gorilla or does something at this point. It'd be, again, in- interesting because even I don't, I even I can't write or predict this at this point with uh with the way AEW goes yeah uh, with their direction um but sign me up on watching uh full gear to see where that goes yeah pretty much um i enjoy their direction that they're going because at least on the dirt sheets hey chubbly thank you for following welcome to ravage land and welcome to the square circle podcast um <laughs> um what happened no, I said, all right. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, um, I do like the direction that they're going in, but I also like the fact that um, no dirt sheet uh, ruins anything, you know? Because um, AEW gives us what we want. AEW just says it out front. AEW is like, hey, guys, this is what we're doing, you know? It's one of those things where, like, the dirt sheets don't get it first, you know? And that's a blessing because it's very hard to... Um keep a secret in wrestling these days it is it's very hard to do that um internet ruins everything yes it does (laughs) it really does all right so we're gonna move on to the tag team so this was you could think of it like a number one contender spot to fill in the third spot on the um uh full gear pay-per-view so it was a dark order versus private party um for 15 minutes um I don't know. Uh, I guess it was an okay match. 
there was nothing memorable like really about it um private party is still good with the young bucks because they have a similar style uh fighting you know the dark order is a little weird uh because the dark order came from somewhere and nowhere at the same time um a lot of independence yeah i know i'm trying to keep it kayfabe to where they come from because i don't even know where i'm just like i know i've seen them in some canadian shows before but yeah um it's just that i don't know how they came from another universe yeah i guess we could go with that because i don't know how to explain um dark order at all but uh so the the team going over in this match is private party um which i thought it was kind of interesting because yeah private party won weirdly i don't know why i'm thinking that dark order won, but in my notes it says private party won unless i have it wrong um so it's gonna be private party versus scu the team of kazarian and uh scorpio sky and then it's also gonna be the lucha bros in that match that match is gonna be crazy oh man um, but I mean that's all I have for the tag team division. Unless you wanna um mention something epic. Uh, tag team division right now. Well, I mean the the match I just talked about. But if you want to talk about the tag team division in general, if you want to. Uh, I don't think I have like too much to go on the tag team division again. Like much like a. Still fresh, everything's still new. Yeah, but like wins, losses, still, um, still, yeah, a, a still very, matters. very big factor uh, in regards to who gets called up for shots or whatnot. Um, they they have a lot of talented teams. Um, in the lineup, like you know, th- this could go a lot of ways. Like I, at, at this point, you know, SCU is going to be going over on that match. Um, who would be going on for the next spot would be interesting to find out. But it would be too. I, I, I would I would say like uh like you know having them going up against uh, a lot of other talented teams like you know either like you know hybrid two, um, like Lucha Brothers getting yeah. another shot in. I feel like Lucha Brothers is probably going to be on the grind if yeah, they loss are. And, if wins and losses are a thing to kind of put themselves back into the lineup because they are the ones angle wise who put uh Christopher Daniels out. Yeah, they did. So. It'd be interesting to see, like, you know, they should be inserted a little bit more into their programming, either through dark or, um, you know, pre-shows, the buy-ins, what mm-hmm. they call them, yeah. um, for them to really uh, pick up on that wins-loss thing. So, like, you know, rack up more wins, put themselves into uh, into the picture for the next angle. Yep. So I'm going to let you kick off why you think that the inner circle video was debatable because i fucking love that shit uh, <laughs> no. i mean Here we go. <laughs> uh okay i don't even know where to start to be honest where we're going all over this stuff i mean like it, inner circle like pushing you know themselves and like you know Jericho. Jericho's like you know freaking genius. First of all, yeah. Um, like, I I don't even know where to begin on this one. Like, 
don't even know where to start on this one. All I don't right. know. All right, so let me so give let, your thoughts on all it. Right. I mean, so I thoroughly enjoyed the video. Um, I know our viewers don't really know what we're talking about, but um, Chris Jericho, who's in AEW and is our AEW champion, uh, decided to do a video similar to how. Cody Rhodes did his video where it was very deep in thought about uh, winning the AEW championship and what he's doing to his family and friends because he has to focus on this. This is the biggest night of his career and stuff like that. So Jericho kind of mocked him using the inner circle uh, team that he has um, to the point where it was very, very comedic. And you knew that Jericho wasn't really taking it seriously. Like, he he's not taking Cody Rhodes seriously. What I enjoyed the most was just the mocking part, how they put it together, because I wasn't expecting, you know, Jericho to come right out and be like, hey, I'm going to make fun of you, Rhodes, because, you know, um, I could do the same thing, too. Um, they got Virgil in there, which I thought was funny. They got Virgil in there to talk about Jericho. They had... Sammy Guevara say he's, uh, you know, the youngest champion being at 49 years old, meaning Jericho. Um, it was just well put together, and that's the style that AEW has is to be sarcastic and to not really take things, like, way too seriously, depending on, like, the character of the person. But um, from mm -hmm. start to finish, I really thought that it was kind of, funny just to make fun of everything that Jericho ever did especially creating the phrase a little bit of the bubbly because he didn't even look at the camera when he said a little bit of the bubbly man like that got me on a chuckle um you have to admit that it was good storytelling as well you know his side of uh the whole feud between him and Cody it just brought the feud up 10 times so you know Unless you want to pick off of whatever I said, you know, because you don't know where to start. <laughs> you gave him a What happened, Gio? You kind of like, where are you, Gio? I said you gave him a starter. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. Epic. Um. Jeez. Uh... I thought I had a thought in there at one point, but um, yeah, just uh, did you think it was too kiddish? Like, uh, part of me did. Okay. Think it was uh, a, a little bit too childish, but like at the same time, that that's Jericho, and that that's his that's his humor. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, though, like when when I watched the whole entire promotion, plus like you know whatever's in conjunction with promos and how a, a business conducts themselves, like. And I guess I was looking at this as an overall standpoint as opposed to, like, a, a promo standpoint. Mm -hmm. Where I was just like, okay, well, here, here we go. AEW hasn't established so as a brand. You got two guys, two well-known names in the market going at it. Brand new company. Uh, top prize of the game. And we're, we're going to treat it right now as a little bit of a joke to really push Rhodes as an underdog yeah, yeah, going into the match. And just like, well, if we treat it as such, then like, you know, what would the value be? Like, you get a lot of like, you know, the marks that come in here is just like, well, like, you know, we, we 
going here we support cordy Rhodes, like you know mm. son of a plumber like you know and you know uh he, he even like called jericho back on it or it was just like you know in in Rhodes' promo was just saying like well you know you, you're being son of like you know nhl hockey player like yeah. you know saying like you know all this stuff and you have the right to really uh say this stuff about Rhodes and uh their family name and their family legacy uh, which is really, really emotional. So, like, there, there's like, a, 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 it, it's a different approach to how those, uh, how those two really want to go into it. Where like Jericho is just like, well, you know, whatever. It's just Cody Rhodes saying it's just like, you know, the only way you're here is through like, you know, your entitlement and, and, and through your name, as opposed to just like, you know, uh, Rhodes just being like, well, like, you know, I'm here because I have a lot to prove. Like, you know, uh. You know, taking taking a very serious tone to it, and I feel like sometimes, like you know, even though through uh, some of Cody Rose's promos is way too long. Yeah. Um. Well, this one that he did recently for in in Dynamite was uh, just right. Um. But yeah. the one from the previous week where he's with uh, Tony Schiavone, that was super long. I was like, oh my god, are we still here? I'm so sorry, but you know why why does this need to be shown you know you're taking away from the tag team match that's supposed to happen in the ring you know that should have been saved for like AEW dark you know that's what i feel like it, it should have been like that or like you know they should have uh shown it between segments between matches kind of like you know it's like you know washroom filler or whatever yeah that... but if they wanted to give this uh a big time match feel they should probably have a better a, a better angle for it like you know having the the box office attack was a pretty good start in a way but like you know i feel like you know they just really really toned it down um in terms of building up this match yeah yeah like it, it's, like it, it's, they only got they like, only got like the, the championships, championships right now championship and uh um, um the world championship and like you know you're gonna, like, you know, you're gonna go into this match, match top, prize of, the top, top prize of the game you know you prestigious you know, prestigious thing and, 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 and um go into um i swear man. i swear man. <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, <laughs> give it like this type of one this type of build you know you know they should give it, a, should give it a, a lot better approach a lot better approach to it at least I don't. I don't want to say how you guys can hear her. I I muted the thing. Oh my god. Uh, oh my god. Uh. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Um. Um. There is an echo. There I is an echo. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there's. I don't know why there's an echo. I don't know how to fix it either. I don't know how to fix it either. I really don't know. I really don't know. Uh, uh, why is it so loud? Why is it so loud? Can you guys hear me okay? Can you guys hear me okay? I can, I can hear your echo. And my echo. Okay. We're good. I don't hear no echoes. Um, uh, but yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, part of me still wish that they sort of pushed, um, Hangman Page, because I'm waiting for um, you know, Hangman to turn heel. I feel like that that should be given time. 
um I feel like they shouldn't make any hasty decisions right away. Yeah. Push whatever angles you're gonna go for right now because like you have you have a company, you your focus right now should be like, you know, treat it like a season. Uh I I would say like for some of god awful reason, treat it like you would like Lucha Underground where have a season, focus it around like, you know, whatever whoever your champion is, whoever your contender is. Get through that first and then let's worry about what comes next afterwards. Then have your next push after that. Yeah. Um, because even with like, you know, uh, being the elite, they also allude to maybe uh page turning and I can't, I really can't wait for that. That's going to be like, I don't know. I'm, I got to think that's cool, you know, cause mm-hmm. now he could go around, you know, kicking people in the head and be like, yeah, I'm going to do some cowboy shit. Um, which by the way, that, that line got me and I was like, you know what? I think I will probably buy the shirt just because. Just because. Mm. Um, one day, I would like Adam Page to play Red Dead Redemption with me, so that way, when we become outlaws, we could just say, hey, we're doing cowboy shit. Um, that's just me and me and my daydreaming shit. Anyway, um, after the Inner Circle video, it comes to the women's tag team match, which is uh, Jamie Hayter. It's a hater or a hatter? Hater. Hater. Um, thank you, ghost. Um, yes, we have a ghost. Um, Jamie had her teaming up with... Uh, what? Wait. Oh, yeah. Jamie had her teaming up with Emmy Sakura and uh, facing against Rio, which is the AEW Women's Champion, uh, and Shayna. Or Shanna. Shanna. Yeah. Um... I, you know, I always root for women's wrestling and, you know, I love watching wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's like women in the ring, men in the ring, men and women in the ring. It doesn't really matter as long as the athleticism is there, the story is there and everybody takes care of each other in the ring because I don't want anyone dying. But for some reason, this match could have been better. It gets better towards the end. And I know that, like, in a match, you're not supposed to exhaust every single move that you have in the beginning because then, you know, you get uh, winded out and then you have to get your second wind, and that's not a very good thing. Um, But I just feel like these women don't really know how to work with each other to make, um, you know, uh, how can I say it? To make a chemistry in the ring to get, the match going, you know, um, I, I overall think that some of the women need to at least work with each other, but I understand that not all the women in AEW have a full-time contract, you know, they're off doing other promotions and stuff like that. So they come into AEW just to make the appearances. Um, my other thing too, is that, uh, Epic, do you know, uh, anything about Emmy Sakura? Other than the fact that she loves Freddie Mercury and that's her gimmick. Uh, well, basically, she's uh Riho's uh uh mentor, trainer, and mentor. Um, so basically, they're they're pushing this angle as a like you know teacher versus student. Yeah. Okay. And and then um, you know, I'm pretty sure they're using it as a way for Riho to have a better match with somebody who understands her a little bit better. 
because I feel like um, touching back on what you said earlier about like you know the women type working on type of match um, having a certain style, like uh, the Joshi Pro Wrestling in the uh, in the Japanese scene is is really really different. So um, they can have a really really good match depending on who they're having their matches with. I feel like having Jamie Hader in the mix because uh, Jamie Hader actually also works with Stardom at the same time. Yeah, could go and mesh with that a whole lot easier and help communicate spots a whole lot better. I'm not too sure of Shanna's spot if Shanna worked with Stardom or not. I'm not too sure. I don't know much about her. Um, but she's a French uh, wrestler. That's the only thing that kept, that they kept saying. Um, commentators are not saying too much about uh, who she is. Apparently, Shanna has her name also in Japanese on her Twitter. Oh. Let me read this up real quick. Yeah, she was also in Stardom. So. Oh. Um. Basically, Shanna was there up until August 13th of 2017. Or it's 2018 she was there, actually. So she was there for a while. So all women should be kind of familiar with how uh, Japanese women kind of go and yeah. uh, do their matches. I feel like stardom is in a league of their own when it comes to women's wrestling compared to uh, maybe Sendai or even like uh, Ribbon mm-hmm. or uh, Joshi Pro. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like they're having those four women, even though it could have been a little bit smoother, probably will not get any better or any worse than that. Yeah. Because like Shanna and Hater know how to work with Japanese women. They know how like Japanese women like their spots, how they call spots. So I feel for what it is, um, it'll probably get better. And again, I I think it again depends on the type of person, t- type of athlete. Let's just say swap out Riho and Emi Sakura. And let's just say put in the likes of like you know, uh, Kairi Hojo, which is Kairi Singh, by the way, and uh, uh, Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably definitely gonna get a higher grade match with higher grade type of athletes that can really really go. Yeah, Riho doesn't really do high spots. She's just there. I feel she is, and she and she's adorable being there. Um, she works really, really well with Kenny because that's because they have like a whole history of teaming together and stuff like that. But when it comes to when she's in AEW, she needs to get used to the women that they put her against, you know, because sometimes yeah. some things does look off. Um, but other than that, like she maintains to be cute while she does wrestle. I don't get it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, you know. I feel like wrestlers like her, and uh, I don't know, you guys could at me on it about it later or something like that. You know, we don't have to go into a heated discussion, but, you know, I'll give you my two cents about why. But, you know, there there are certain female wrestlers that'll look pretty while doing things, which is okay. But if, if you're going to push that type of woman to be the face of your company, probably not the, not the great way to go about it at this time. Like, you know, yeah, I... how, how you want to push your company, who you want as your face. Um, someone who can really go, someone who can represent the brand, someone who says, "Wow, like you know, I could really watch that match, and this person could really go." Like you know, right now, way I see it, like Yuka Sakazaki would probably would have been my cha- uh, champion of choice. Uh, if I were to put a Japanese wrestler over, she's got a lot more personality. She looks cute doing it, but she can really go. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like you know, I feel like Riho right now is just kind of like 
she's just there. Uh, she she's just there. Like if I were to like give her like um, I I guess like a a mixture of styles, it'd kind of be like who is incredibly safe. I know, like she would have like you know a, a Randy Orton type style where like you know oh everything he does me- is methodically safe. yeah. Really? Everything is the safe. Methodically just kind of work around. Uh-huh. And kind of work your way into it without you know risking too much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go in, rest hold. Okay, okay, okay. Do a few spots here and there, kind of move around and you know, just kind of pace it that way. Yeah. As opposed to like go, 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 go. That's true. That's true. Because uh, most of their matches are the go 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 style. Um, and sometimes I want to see it uh, slow down a bit. Um, and not have too much like spot 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 spot. You know. Yeah, like I mean, like if you pace it out correctly, it's like if you can like open it up, you know, create a little bit of pace, go into a rest, build it up a little bit, do your high spots, go back into a rest, and then climax it out. Go, 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 close it out, go home. And, like, you know, I, I feel like it would work out that way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with Riho, it's just like, okay, just work it just a little bit here and, like, run, do this, and just yeah. do that. I definitely see that. It's just, like, very, very placent. You, like, you, like, you would have to place her in certain situations for her to kind of do her things accordingly i feel like she eventually might like if she, if she were like translated into like an american wrestler she would have like a five moves of doom set oh man <laughs> okay <laughs> um let's hope that you know you don't get added very badly on twitter for saying all that I, but i told you I mean, i'm not saying this is like in a negative way but i mean like that that's how i, I, I how, know that's just how i viewed it uh the whole entire approach i totally like, understand where you're coming from and i totally agree and i can see um the statements that you're making like it's, it's but totally i mean true. if you guys want to show me a video of her other works i haven't seen any of her other works in japan if you guys want to do that for me anyway like you, you can include it into a link uh when this podcast is uh up there like the only other match that I saw outside of AEW was her match that she did with Kenny Omega in a mixed tag against Oh yeah. uh Michael Nakazawa and oh. uh, Yuka Sakazaki in OWE in uh in China. Oh damn. Which right. I, I feel like is almost the same type of match she always has. <laughs> mm. I actually thought you were going to bring up the recent one that um her and Kenny went to Japan uh to DDT and faced um two other people which I totally forgot their names. Um, but in that match, everything was so quick. That's why I was like, when she's teaming up with Kenny, it works. But when she's by herself to face the other women in a match, it's a little weird. You know, it's it's a little different. Like, um, I feel like they haven't worked out the communication spots and how they wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, They should figure that stuff out. I feel like, you know, they, they should have a lot better trainers. And better referees to help them get in better spots to help prepare for better moves that com- yeah. uh, that uh, communicates things a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, like again, uh, I'm not blaming any of the talent. That's just how they are. That's how safe they want to play it, and that's cool. Um, but I feel like if they want to have like you know a better grade of match, I don't know if that's what they're going for or not. But I mean, uh, for what it is right now, you know, have better communication, have better trainers, uh, have better, not better refs, but I mean, have the refs 
help them move into places a little bit better to uh, have the type of match that they want to have. But yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. All right. So that is our take on that tag team women's match. And the team that won was actually Jamie Hayter and Emmy Sakura. Sakura did a, it should have been a roll up, something. I think it was a roll up. Um, but when the yeah. referee counted to three and rang the bell, it looked like um, Rio didn't really know that that was supposed to be the finish. Like, I, either she forgot to kick out or something, but the referee let it stand as, you know, oh, I counted three and that's it. And um, Emmy, you know, did the whole thing of, since you mentioned earlier, that's supposed to be like teacher versus student. So she did the whole, like, you know, sort of teacher thing to be like, yeah, you know, I got one up on you. Um, that was that. Um, moving on, did you guys manage to see the Brandy video? The Brandy promo, yeah. well, like you know, her uh, just being in a pretty face, being associated with Cody, uh-huh. and doesn't really deserve her place. I still feel that way about it subconsciously. <laughs> that you just think that she's just Cody's wife, and she got there because of the name. But like not not in that sort of regard, but I mean like by association, like she is Cody's wife, and like you know, uh, in terms of wrestler, you know, I, I at me, but I don't <laughs> think she's improved that much. Like she'll be amazing when she comes back and manages awesome call because that's what they're setting up for. Yeah. Um, uh, I I think I think she uh slightly improved. Um. Uh, whatever videos that she posts up on Twitter about her training, um, it's getting better. Uh, there's some stuff that she's doing, but it just needs to be consistent and her in the ring and stuff like that. But she also has to worry about the behind the scenes, the whole branding of AEW and taking care of all the videos that need to go up um, on social media and the content, because I understand how that is. So sometimes juggling the two may not be a very good idea, but she is improving in in everything that she's uh she's done. Um I just found it funny that she finally made a video about, you know, trying to not really trying, but uh shutting up um all the haters cuz there's a lot of people that, you know, say some really disrespectful stuff to her and that's what yeah, everybody I feel like those internet marks are uh, a lot of the worst types of scum. Yeah, um it is. Um, but, you know, even before she decided to, like, get married with Cody, um, well, I mean, when she started in WWE, no one really knew who she was, except that, you know, oh, it's it's Brandy. She's the ring announcer. Um, but I guess we could try to make an argument that because of Cody, you know, we know who she is. But individually, like, people know who Brandy is now because she does her own stuff. You know, it's not yeah. too tailored to what a Rhodes would do, you know? Guys? <laughs> um, well, I, I feel like that Brandy does have a lot to prove, which is, like, you know, the reason why for this promo, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, it's going to be different to see the type of approach that they're going to go with this, to see whether or not if it's going to be in a manager role, where she's gonna unleash kong on everybody whether or not she's actually improved in the ring herself like i i feel like you know she can improve like she she does have this way of just like you know working a sort of like you know pace match the way she wants to go about it 
and do like a heelish style, like, you know, kind of showboating and promo within her matches. Because I've seen uh, when she did go to uh, stardom uh, a few years back, like what she's capable of in the ring, how she can kind of go and how they kind of present it in a certain way as well. Yeah, um, I can see that. She she did but, a little bit of time there. Yeah, so I mean, like, you know, she, she is well-versed, well-trained. Like, she... Like she's really fit, she can really go. Um, just right now, at, at this point, it's just like you know. I, I guess the proof, uh, the thing she wants to prove the most right now is like uh, people just uh, flacking on her because uh, she's Cody's wife. Yeah, um, and, and it's just, just like, a bunch of other stuff that they do to her. Yeah, and it's just like, well, if you're just gonna harp on her just because it's Cody's wife and she's only associated with AEW because of that, then like, okay, well, that's a whole. That that's kind of personal then, uh, as as opposed to just like you know, she's there in AEW. She's there to represent the women's division, to be um, the head of that sort of thing, and to run that thing to however. But um, if they're expecting her to do more or like, you know less, mm-hmm. um, you know, due to reasons of because then you know, don't take it too personal. Go uh go watch another sport, then uh yeah that's true too. Alone. <laughs> yeah, right. If only if it was that simple. If only it was that simple. Uh, Gio, do you want to add anything to the Brandy video? It's like she is. Hello. Gio is starting to cut in and out. Um, all right, what is happening over on Discord? No idea. Um, it says that he's still here. Uh, hopefully, Geo, buddy. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, it's like she's summoned awesome. Oh, I don't know. Now she's gonna get every. It was interesting. She wants to see herself. She wants to herself. prove that. Uh, Gio, just so you know, you're cutting in and out again. Oh, why though? Can you? No, you're you're cutting in. It's and like out. very faint in and out. Yeah. I don't know why that's how. I mean, are you using you using your phone, right? Yes, I am using. My- um, you know, if I was you, I'll be walking around the house trying to get a signal. But that's just me. I do it with whatever. I like it. I'm just wondering where it's gonna go. All right, that sounds better. Cool. Okay. I don't, I don't know where you moved to in, in in your place, but it worked. So stay there. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The the next match is uh Brandon Cutler versus um oh, God hurt me face. Sean Spears, who is uh Ty Dillinger, the perfect ten from WWE. Uh just so you know, the winner of this match was uh Sean Spears via pinfall. 
Brandon is getting better. Um, I think Brandon is going to be great as a mid-card guy. I don't know if I see him as anything else, and I hope that, you know, if he's listening to this, that he doesn't take offense to that, but that's how I see him. Um, he's, like, a very cool overall guy. Um, and then the last thing that I want to mention, because it wasn't really, you know, it was just a match. Um, I think that they messed up with Sean Spears. I really think they did. They did. Um, they they shouldn't have uh, put him in a program with Cody so early and then come have him completely buried. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I've said this in the past podcast too, mm-hmm. where like the exact same thing is like this is happening way too early. Angle was done to perfection, mm-hmm. um, but when it came down to the match, it like Spears got completely buried, and after that, his momentum was just like gone. It was killed. Like any credibility you want to earn for yourself after that is gone. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that the the build that Spears is having, and now he's fighting with Joey Janela. Um, I'm just like you guys. Th- this is where you would say you guys don't know what you're doing because I don't know what they're doing. I don't understand it. Um. That's why that's I, what I feel like, to what? be honest, like that's what I feel like AEW is at at this point right now, though. Like, again, they have all this talent. Um, wins and losses are a factor when deciding booking matches, certain angles in there when they're not having a major title uh, mentioned within the angle. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, I feel like they're just doing a lot of things, a lot of people just, just doing things. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's not like having a purpose doing things. It's just like, just here just go there do things and it's just like okay cool but you know i feel like the only sort of how can i say it the only segment slash story that feels like it's not just a doing something is uh kenny omega and and moxley like kenny omega's like intricate storyline i feel like everything that he's done is not a just do whatever, you know, we're just going to throw things in there. You know, what he's doing is making sense. Um, as much as I love the fact that Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho are building this story to see who's going to be either new AEW champion or if Jericho's still going to retain the title, um, that's cool. Um, I just felt like it was way too early put together, and I don't know why that should have happened. Um, that's why I feel that Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes should have had their moment rather than just being buried. Cause then, you know, that would have built up Sean Spears even more. And so that way we could understand why he's in AEW. I mean, we know why, but the reason why, you know, he decided to come there to take down Cody and make that story more deeper because WWE was never going to do that. So just doing an AEW, but doing a different way. Um, there are like hit or misses in AEW. AEW is never going to be perfect. They're learning on the job as they go. They're learning as a brand new company. Um, but we could all see that there's ups and downs to everything. Yeah, hopefully it's a, like a lot of things they could they could figure out real soon because. Um... Uh, like the way I, I I view it right now, personally for me as a few, uh, as a viewer, um, 
it's cool that they're focusing around certain types of uh, matchups, and especially uh, the main focal point right now is definitely on Cody and Jericho and whatever the inner circle is doing. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like, it, I, to be honest, like for me, I can't really care about anything else. It doesn't get me invested. Like, I found myself enjoying NXT a whole lot more for the past maybe like two weeks so far uh, compared to the AEW programming. Like, I feel like uh, when like the uh the elite is not giving themselves airtime and the other talent is given that time that they should really really go with that time that they're given mm. to really like to really make something of themselves and give the fans a reason why they should like they should back yeah, you yeah definitely um i think with me uh going off that uh the tag team of uh Jack Evans and uh Angelico? Yeah. Like, Angelico. Yeah. I remember watching Jack Evans so long ago that when he dropped off of wrestling, I was just like, oh crap, he's back. Like, you know, is this really the Jack Evans? I remember when I was watching him grow, go through his uh, wrestling journey. Um, and then to have this tag team, I'm just like, I don't know who, like, I don't feel that connection of like, yeah, I want to cheer for them. Um, or the same thing with uh, the Dark Order, you know, other than just coming out creepily and not knowing where you where they come from, you know, I just can't get behind them. Um, yes, I totally understand where you're coming from in terms of like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that just happens. Um, like, uh, I was just looking back at my notes. Um, I even forgot to mention, you know, the whole pack versus hangman thing that I think that that's a just because thing right yeah a lot of it is just to help fill the card and which is fine you want to fill the card you want to fill the card like that that's fine but again it's just like at the same time it's just like your talent is just there to help you do things in the time just to help you fill the card um but the talent has to look at this as uh, as an opportunity as well because like you know they feel like right now the way that they have it is like you know i have the secure job i work with AEW, work with tony khan work with uh the elite you know we have this exposure we're fine we're safe if you're looking at this just mm. to say like you know here i'm on mainstream tv we're a viable contender and we're just playing it safe then you know uh you might as well find yourself over to wwe real quick and uh establish yourself safely over there here is like you know you, you have a chance in front of a camera to pull a lot of audiences in from a lot of other things because you gotta you gotta compete with like you know nwa now you gotta compete with the wwe you gotta compete let's just say like you know if you're watching any other programming out there let's just say stardom uh new japan pro and also uh, don't forget don't forget um like baseball and basketball season and like football season exactly the season just started like exhibition matches are done Mm -hmm. like um give these people a reason why they shouldn't click anything on the remote when your match is on TV. Like, you know, what are you going to do to impress me? It doesn't have to be, like, a high-fly spot. It doesn't have to be a flashy move. Like, you know, you you could be, like, your character. It could be your mic work. Something that something you say, something that you do just says, all right, you've intrigued my interest. Like, let me invest a little time into you, but don't make me regret it. True, 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 true. Um, J.O., do you want to add anything onto that? I would just like to see a little bit more build 
darkness. Oh, not again. It's like you gotta move around the house, man. <laughs> you gotta move around the house. Your your come your your volume. Okay. You're coming and in and what? out. To helping. Yes. A little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I don't have to do this for long. I would just like to see more of the build up the weapons division. Alright, he said we know like he said the women's the division, chickens. by the way. Okay. Huh? Um, it cut out when you said women's division, so I'm just letting everyone know that you said women's division, that you wanna see the women's division go up. Yes. The women's division. Some make storylines, you gotta because they're just focusing on You're cutting out again. No, inner circle main championship women's championship. That's about it. Okay. Just like together. But hopefully they'll get it together like through the or at least by twenty twenty. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um I think that once we get to the new year it'll totally be uh different. Um You'll you'll probably see a more focused AEW because now they really have to stretch out their talent in a way because you know it's every Wednesday, so it's gonna go a little faster. Um, the main event for Dynamite is uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Jericho. Um, this match was uh, good. Um, I am going to say that uh, Sammy Guevara could have a classic match with uh, Kenny. Um, all of their chain wrestling in the match was uh, very good. Uh, the spots were good. Um, and then when we come to towards the finish, you know, uh, distractions happen uh, where Hack comes out and uh, low blows Hangman, and that's allowing Jericho to get the win over on Hangman because it wasn't Kenny. Kenny did a freaking dive outside the ring, and then that was it. Um, and then chaos and mayhem ensued to end the show um, as if it was like WCW. Um, what AEW was trying to do was get all the hype ready and that's why they ended the show with all the full gear stars uh to end the show to get it hyped to make sure that you tune in this saturday november 9th at 8 p.m uh to watch full gear um but yeah that's all i want to say about the wrap-up for the main event you guys want to add anything i um I, I think I I've just said most of my guess piece. I okay. <laughs> what happened, Gio? I guess I have to get my full gear ready. Yeah, man. We all, we all, you know, we all had to be full gear before full gear happened. But I didn't go to the gym. Um. Anyway, so our last quick segment is just prediction time. Um. Oh yeah. Oh my God, Chubby! Thank you for the four ice creams. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I'm gonna go down. Oh yeah! Oh my god, I'm gonna hear Macho Man four times. But thank mm -hmm. you, Macho Man. Um, so I'm just gonna go down the card list. Oh yeah! All right, Macho, one more time, and then I wanna do this last segment, and that's it. 
Oh yeah! Alright, cool. Um, so, uh, AEW Full Gear, once again, is uh, this Saturday, November 9th. Um, it, so, alright, so what I have here is uh, Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. Uh, who do you guys pick to go over? Sean. Um, Epic, who do you pick to go over? Uh, I would like Spears to go over just to really, really turn his character into something. Um, otherwise, I'd say it'd be a waste. Okay. Uh, let's see. I have no idea who I'll pick. You know, Joey's cool. He's a cool guy in real life, but um, I need Sean to turn over. Um, so I am going to put my mark on him. Uh, the next one is the women's match. So you have Rio being the AEW Women's Champion versus Emi Sakura. Who do you guys have going over in that match? Uh, I'm pretty sure they have, have Rio, Rio going, going over since she just won the championship. All right, so it's going to be Rio for both of you guys? Yeah. Uh, me, I'm going to end up being neutral only because I want to see how it plays out. Um, I don't know too much about Rio and I don't know too much about Emmy, so I can't really make a decision at this point in time. The next one is the triple threat, uh, match for the AEW Tag Team Championship. It's going to be SCU, which is the team of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky versus Lucha Bros and versus Private Party. Who do you guys have going over in this match? Uh, SCU, well, I'm thinking from an analytical perspective. Uh, perspective that I think, like, you know, just it makes sense for SCU to win it, but I feel it's going to be a classic of a match. All right, so epic for SCU. Gio, who do you have? Uh, I don't know at the moment. I'm just going to watch the match. On so you're going to be neutral? Neutral, yes. Uh, For me, as much as I enjoy SCU and their bits on uh, Utah. Not again. Come on. It's the end of the show. Um, awesome. I want to see the Lucha Bros actually take the belts and run mayhem in AEW. That's, that, that's what I want to see happen. Um, Alright, so our next match would be our unsanctioned Lights Out match, which is uh, Kenny Omega versus uh, John Moxley. Um... I'm just going to say it. My pick is Kenny. My pick is always going to be Kenny, uh, just because I freaking adore the dude. But um, Epic, who do you have? Uh, I feel like uh, I want Moxley to go, but um, I feel like this favor, this match won't really favor anybody in terms of uh, statistics, but obviously momentum is the sort of thing. But if they want... Uh, Again, from an analytical standpoint, I feel like uh, Omega will do a solid for Moxley, probably. Hopefully, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I feel like, you know, uh, Moxley. Okay. Gio, who do you have? Moxley. You have Moxley? Um, just one note on uh, this match. Uh, because AEW is all about... Um, wins and losses um because it's an unsanctioned lights out match whoever wins or lose this does not affect uh their overall scores and or regular singles uh scores for 
Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Uh, the next one it will be the main event. It should, maybe, maybe, it, it's Cody versus Jericho. Jericho is our AEW champion. Um, I am staying out of this one because I adore both of them. So I'm not going to pick sides. I'm going to be neutral. Uh, in that case, who do you guys pick? I don't clear. Some you're break. You're breaking up again, dude. Stipulation. I'm doing the walk. <laughs> um, I'm neutral. Okay. Um, epic. Uh, I feel like Jericho's gonna go over. Um, oh, only because I feel like you know this this match. I, I would have to watch it to find out, but I feel like you know the way that it's going right now, unless they have something really really great planned out, court, uh, like skill set wise in the ring. Um, I don't feel like it's gonna be that great of a thing, and I feel like Jericho's reign should be a lot more like be a, a lot more right lengthier than it is right now. Um. So, um. Do you so want to go neutral? Do you want to go neutral? Uh, I'm probably gonna go, uh, to, probably gonna neutral. go to neutral. Oh my god! This is like oh my ending. god! This is like the ending. It's messing up. And it's messing up. All right, quickly. All right, um, quickly. Um, Santana Ortiz. Santana Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz versus the Young Bugs. Oh my god! Ooh. Probably my mic. That's, oh, we're good. That's gonna be good. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna remain neutral on this one, even though like I feel like LAX, but both teams could go, and it's gonna be a great match. All right, so I got you as neutral. Um, Gia, what, who'd you pick? Uh, I'm gonna say probably ends in no contest. Ends in a no contest. So, it might end in a no. It might not be a winner. Okay, so I'm going to keep you in the neutral with that note. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, as much as I enjoy LAX, um, I'm just going to stand behind the Young Bucks uh, to probably win. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then we have the other women's match, uh, which is going to be on the buy-in uh, part of the pay-per-view, which is Britt Baker versus B Priestley. Um, I am not too fond of B, um, so my pick is going to be Britt. What do you guys have? I'm going with... Who are you going with? Britt. Okay. Baker. I'm going to go with the B. Okay. All right, so... Um, we are getting down to the final couple of minutes. Um, I did write down in my notebook, um, you know, who's neutral, who got their pick and stuff like that. Um, and we'll see throughout the night on full gear, like who was right, who was wrong. And then we could definitely talk about it on uh, the Tuesday episode of this podcast, which is usually on there. Um we are not going to get to AEW Dark. Um, it was just three matches. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really going to get into that. But I did want to mention that I enjoyed MJF on commentary. MJF was freaking gold on that mic. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was like, 
Wow, man. Okay, you're making me. It to helped start compensate like you. for that dead crowd. Yeah, it really did. It really, really did. Um, which I I really enjoy that. Um, cool. Uh, do you guys want to say any final words? Thank you for joining us. If us for the first five episodes. Epic, you want to say anything? <laughs> okay, I thought he was going to keep going. Uh, I think he was done. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, th- guys, thank you so much for uh, the support uh, for the first five episodes here so far. I mean, if you guys want to hear us cover anything, what areas we should improve, what we're doing great on, please let us know in the comments, um, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on YouTube, um, because, you know, we, we would love to, as, as much as we love for us to kind of keep rambling on and on, but your input uh, will actually help us improve content over time. So um, please be kind, uh, give us some uh, great feedback and uh, we'll definitely take it into consideration going in our podcast moving forward. In the meantime, we do enjoy putting out this content for you guys. So thank you so much for your love and support so far. Um, you know, uh, stay forward, uh, stay tuned and uh, keep supporting us moving forward. Yep. That was wonderfully said by, by Epic. Um Originally, this was supposed to be streamed over on DLive, YouTube, and LinkedIn just to reach out to some more people. Um, On our YouTube channel, we are growing. We have um, 18 subscribers there. Um, Since I'm streaming on DLive, I will leave the um, link uh, in the comments for you guys to go over to YouTube and subscribe to there as well if you want to. Um, But this is a team effort. So it's myself. It's Epic, it's Geo, and we have Alpha Russ. Unfortunately, Alpha Russ is stuck at work, so Alpha Russ could not be with us. But when he is, he's great with us. Um, I wish we could have went a little further, a little deeper, but we're not doing that today. Um, I do enjoy that at least Deed Life worked, and you guys got the chance to actually hear and see this podcast. Yes, this is episode five. I will make it apparent to upload episodes two, three, and four, and also five onto our uploads uh, part um, for those of you watching this on YouTube, DLive is a decentralized streaming platform that we are totally on. We are partner with DLive. Um, so if you ever got confused about you know who I'm talking to, why someone donated an ice cream, why someone donated a lemon, um, so they kind of help support the channel that way. If you guys want to uh, create a DLive account, just let me know, leave it in the comments. Um, but there will be a video updating about what happened because it was a mess. Um, this is why I am declaring that episode five is the greatest episode of the Square Circle podcast, the best podcast you'll ever hear um, for the end of the year because of the mishaps and the mistakes. And we can only improve with your feedback and support. Um, we totally enjoy having you guys here. And I think my... Oh, I thought my OBS was going to crash on me. See, everything that's messing up. But we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you again on Tuesday. Um, Have a wonderful night, guys. And that's a wrap, guys. Thank you for listening to Episode 5 of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I was joined by Epic and Jill to bring you our opinions on professional wrestling since it is our passion. And if you want to continue to get additional content, please make sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel, follow us on our DLive account, and also make sure to follow us on Anchor. 
Through Anchor, you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. We highly appreciate everyone's support for all five episodes, including our next episode where we will see you next Tuesday.